Ave Maria, grazia plena, Dominus Tecum. Welcome back to the Red Text Podcast, um, a crossroads of the holy and heretical. My name is Voga, and I am Voga Lumicente on Instagram. And my name is Rai. You may formerly know me as Ryan, and you can find me at the Mestizo Mystic on Instagram or just at Mestizo Mystic on Twitter. And y'all may be curious that your hosts are now going by different names, and that's actually going to be the topic of tonight's episode and i'm really excited to explore this with voga who y'all may formerly know as fonzie and myself who you all formerly knew as ryan and one thing i'm excited to talk about is how even those new chosen names of ours may continue to change because identity is yeah. ever shifting and ever evolving and as we're growing and meeting new people and meeting the newer versions of ourselves not to sound cliche or cheesy but it's true uh that those those chosen names are going to continue to potentially change as well oh absolutely i mean the fact that um it was so easy for me to shift well not easy that's not that's not true but like it was possible for me to shift into like this identity goes to show that this is probably not permanent Mm -hmm. You know, this is probably going to shift again, you know? So, um, but yeah, there's this, there, we wanted to talk about the idea of what names mean at, to us personally as queer folks. And also just generally speaking, why names are important because um, something that we tend to um, kind of take for granted, what we usually kind of tend to take for granted is what things are called and why mm -hmm. those why those things are called those things and why um why it's important you know but you know what because we're we're still kicking off technically season two i just want to i want to recap everyone because this is the first time that we've actually sat down and recorded season two um like how we use like our usual structure um can we just do a really quick recap of the last couple of months since we've taken a break from from recording like it's been really fun like mm -hmm. for example you and i have been in the same city twice in the last three months which is fucking wild fucking that is wild. so 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 cool i finally got to meet your partner um which is so fun <laughs> um but the last two and a half months how have you been how, how's how are things been do going for you um pretty good i mean there's definitely been life circumstances that have been stressful but on on the most part, like, you know, I finished my first semester of graduate school training to be a therapist. And that is just such a huge accomplishment. Like I never saw myself going back to graduate school or going back to school for like a master's degree, let alone training to be a therapist. And to have already finished my first semester is just, even, even if I were to drop out of school, I still can say like, I finished a semester of grad school and like yeah. that in and of itself is still an accomplishment. I am um, so proud of you. I am so, so proud of you. 
Thank you. And it's, and you know, it's funny because this last semester of grad school actually really contributed to my identity development as a person, as a queer individual, as a being able to claim the title of being trans and is what helped me navigate into exploring the new use of my name of going by Ryan instead of Ryan. Um, but before I dive more into that, just the, as recent months have gone, um, I've been re-engaging more with my spiritual practice, trying to spend more time at my altars. Uh, as you listeners know, uh, Vogue and I had a pretty rough first half of 2022 where we both were just going through a lot of personal shit, which affected how much we were engaging or not engaging with our spiritual practices. So at least on my end, I, I it feels nice to start dipping my toes back in with my guys, with my ancestors, and re-engaging with them and doing more magic. I feel like I've done more spell work and even just prayer work in general in the last month than I have like the last several months, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been really great. And um, I'm living with my partner now, which comes with its own challenges, but it's also very, very beautiful, uh, very exciting. And then, uh, yeah, aside from that, the stressful part that I was subsiding from was just that like, we have been struggling to find a roommate lately because uh, someone moved out of our house mid-December and we haven't found someone yet. So we had to pay extra rent in December and this month, and we still haven't found someone to move in yet. So I know it'll all work out in the end and I'm continuing to have faith, but it's just, it's just when you're in those situations, it can be a hard, uh, be a bit hard to, to bear with. So, and, and that on top of work and working in corporate, it's just like eh, mundane shit. But other than that, I've been doing, doing pretty well. You know, I have good health. I haven't lost any loved ones recently, with the rapid spread of this new Omicron COVID variant. And, um, I have a roof over my head. Luckily, my neighborhood hasn't been affected by these crazy storms raging through the California and particularly the Bay Area. So I have a lot to be thankful and grateful for. Um, a lot to complain about, too, but I'm trying to focus on the positives. <laughs> and uh, yeah, how, how have you been these last couple of months? I, I miss you and I miss us spending time in person together, but here we are. I know. I know. That was such a blast. I um, I mean, I, I posted pretty... pretty um, pretty a lot while I was in San Francisco so I mean that was such a fun trip and you know it's so funny I did nothing that anyone who would be going to San Francisco would do in San Francisco like literally all we did was like hang out we went to lunch we hung out in my hotel room we drank like we went to other people's places you know what I mean we didn't do any of like the I didn't do any of like the touristy things like one day me and Austin were just like walking around and like aimlessly walking around and getting to know each other you know what I mean it was just such a wonderful trip and it, it 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 i don't know there was like something that that just sparked some life into me it was just so enlightening that trip i got to meet so many of my online friends there shane keanu johnny i met so many of you and i'm so i was so stoked to meet all of you you and i actually got tattoos i forgot about that we got tattoos oh um, my god that's right <laughs> we got tattoos on Ooh, the same hold on i'll show for for our patrons who get video content of ours I got this scythe uh, with a little red circle, and this was actually a skin sacrifice to Santa Muerte for a petition she filled, which for all my devotees that may be listening, do not fucking get a tattoo for Santissima Muerte unless you are petitioning for something major, because you only get, as I was taught by my mentor, you only get one shot. And the loophole is that you get different symbols of hers as tattoos for different petitions, or you can just get her and all her symbols at once for like one big ask, but... I was taught that once you ask it and you get it and you get that skin sacrifice, that's it. So save it for really important shit. And so that's why the I, big only shit. Got, I only told her I was going to get a scythe because it was still a big ask, but not so big that I would get all of Santa Muerte tattooed on me. But mm. this is my first ever like skin sacrifice to a spirit, aside from like 
my forearm one, which was for like my ancestors. But uh, that wasn't a petition. That was just like in honor of them. So, but yeah, we got that together. Yeah, I well, I got I got a a really pretty. Oh, I can't really see it. A little rose, which has a lot of uh, high. I, I, over the last year and a half has has grown to be a, one my, my favorite plant ally um and two obviously the association with um our lady of sorrows and our, any aspect of mary um and also it's such a goth thing to have on you as a rose it's so like it's so goth you know it it, it reminds me of the violator um you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. The Violator <laughs> album cover, the Depeche Mode. Anyways, um, so yeah, I got a little <laughs> rose. Um, but it was really fun. It was a cute thing that we got to do together. And um, yeah, it was it was just a blast. And then you came to LA for a little bit, for a couple of days. And I got to show you around a little bit. We went to a really, really pretty, um, the Miriam exhibit, the vision. Yes. The Miriam at the Getty. Yeah, that was. Oh, I I wish we could have spent more time at the Getty if I wasn't leaving back to SF that day. But that was such a fun time. And the Mayan codices that they had on exhibit. That was yeah, that was so cool. That was so cool. I I learned a lot just from that one small exhibit. That was Mm -hmm. really beautiful. Um. So yeah, I had a wonderful couple of months. I the the break was very much needed. I feel refreshed and I feel inspired and I'm so stoked. Most of y'all probably seen the new artwork and the new kind of vibe that we're going for. I'm very excited for that because it's just oh god, it makes me so it makes me so excited just to see what we have um in store for this season. But yeah, I was just so excited to meet you, Rai, because it's like it was just the 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 perfect cap to the perfect season is mm-hmm. us being in the same city together and hanging out. But and it was so special getting to record our season two premiere together in person. Yeah, that was really wonderful. That was really really wonderful to actually have like a conversation face to face. It's, it's gonna be funny too because we didn't go by our new names yet when we recorded that either. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! That didn't even occur to me. Yeah, yeah. So the new na- then the, the our new chosen names was something that happened very recently within the last like, well for me within the last month, for you, I would say for me happen? it was uh around the last I think the last two months because uh no it sure... happened when you came to LA you you told me about it when you came to LA so it well no when, when you, you when you came to San Francisco and we were getting tattoos I had mentioned at the tattoo oh, parlor that's right. um so I believe it was that last weekend of grad school for my last semester in December. So, which was like mid-December. So I'd say mid-December mm-hmm. was when I started experimenting with just going by Ryan instead of Ryan. And um, I know that's going to change and I know I'm going to pick a new name at first, but like at, working with just an alteration of my given name was is like dipping my toes in first um, before I go for like a completely just different name altogether. <laughs> I know. I just, I just dove right in. Um, okay. So why don't we, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about our names specifically, or do you want to talk about just like names, names, just names in general and why names are important? I think we should start off with what inspired and why we chose our new chosen names. Cause I feel like that will segue well into talking about names as an overarching subject. I agree. Okay. That's, that's a, that's a good idea. Why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, um, it was really the container of which I was held in my program at school, um, just to keep my identity, you know, and and personal information private. I'm not going to name my school or my professor, who I honestly would love to shout out during this episode, because it's thanks to them that I was given that container to experiment with my both gender identity and identity as a person. 
um, every single day of the semester in their classes, and I had them for two different classes, they would always open up the class with a check-in. And during this check-in, they would ask us to give our name that we're using and our pronouns that we're using that day. And um, the third thing would be like one word or sound or gesture to symbolize how we were feeling, but that's aside from the point right now. And it was so beautiful because from the very beginning of the semester to the end of the semester, I saw people not only experiment with going by a different chosen name, but also with their pronouns because this container remind y'all, like, or to remind y'all, like, going through training as a therapist isn't just being academically challenged within the institution of academia in grad school. We're also having to deal with consistent trauma and bringing up trauma from our past and navigating our entire past, present, and potential futures and just our entire identity as a person so we can better um, show up for clients and patients that we're going to be therapists for in the future. So like when I say I'm in grad school, don't, think, don't just think it's academically challenging. Like my whole worldview is being flipped upside down right now as we speak. And that's what happened in this class. So in my last um, weekend of the semester, because I'm in a weekend program, um, I realized like I just really I started going by they them only again because throughout most of the semester I was I was using all pronouns they he she um, and then I realized through further exploration that I feel like I was really just doing that to pacify conflict since I have an intense fear of conflict and I realized that I'm at, like at least in this point right now this can still change is that I'm most comfortable with they them you know that ambiguous um, mercurial energy of, of being non-binary or being genderqueer. And then I started mm -hmm. to realize, you know, I love the name Ryan. I do. And part of me just wants to be like hey, quirky and different because it's such a common name. But also like one of my huh. aunts always calls me Rye or Rye Rye. And she's like one of the only people who does that. And I've just, when I reflected on how I felt when she calls me that, I, it just gave me this very endearing kind of enlightening feeling. Um, like it just felt like comforting, like a warm hug every time I was called that. And so my last weekend in school, those last three days of the semester, I decided to go by Ryan instead of Ryan and being called, not only having a container in which that's respected right off the bat, but experiencing being called Ryan instead of Ryan by my peers and by my professors was just so empowering and mm -hmm. comforting. And just hearing that, like, again, hearing that my name be called Ryan instead of Ryan, it gave me that same endearing, comforting feeling. And I realized not only am I in a sense reclaiming my power of getting to choose what I want to be called, but I'm having it respected and it feels just, it just felt nice. I, that's all I can really say. I can't, I can't describe an experience that I, like I have internally that's subjectively or objectively, subjectively, subjectively my own, you know, just how it's hard to explain spiritual experiences to someone because like, if you can't explain something that's so personal to you that only you've been through. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's, that's my journey with my name change. And like, I wanted to open up to our listeners is that that may change in the future as well. This is just part of a transition or what's called a social transition for me um, is the, is the evolution of the name that I'm going by. And um, I, I love the name Ryan because it means King or little King. And as a Leo, I just feel like that's so fitting. Uh, and at the same time, as we'll go out throughout this episode to say like names have power and but in a sense we're given our name and so while that may be great for our parents who chose that name that doesn't really leave us much autonomy so to feel the autonomy that came with getting to go by ryan instead of ryan just still felt so powerful uh and th that's my journey so far with with choosing to go by that and um it's mainly what I'm introducing myself to new people as my my family I haven't so much had the confidence to bring that up with them but going forward, when I make new friends or or in new environments, like I'm I'm 
going to do my best to introduce myself as as Rye instead of Ryan and to can to go out of that container of school and my cohort and peers and continue to bring that empowering sense of choosing my name into into the real world. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because it's it, it really does like that feeling you were talking about especially what I experienced within the last couple of weeks was it just feels like a big old hug. Like you feel like you're hugging yourself because it feels it, it's, it's so validating for you to choose a name and then to tell people about the name and then for them to use it. It just, it, it, the first time I heard someone like refer to me as Voga was like, it was so empowering. It was so, it gave me like, it just gave me so, it made me so happy. It brought me so much joy. Um, my story is a little bit different in regards to why I decided to, to choose a name, but also the same. <laughs> it has a lot to do with, with just confirming myself um, and validating myself because I, I expressed it to Rai first. Rai was the first one I actually reached out to in regards to how I was feeling because I was like, I think my first message to you was like, can I pick your therapist in training brain for a second because I thought like okay I don't have the resources or the knowledge to understand what's going on in my brain right now maybe Rye does so like I use my resources my friend is the therapist in training so it's like of course I'm going to use a lot utilize my resources right so um uh without having to pay a copay thank you very much for that I appreciate it <laughs> I asked that I told them I'm going through this this kind of disassociation from my name. Like I had this like there's th this this complex that I'm starting to develop in my brain within the last it ha it happened like at the tail end of last year, like the last 6 months of last year where I felt like my I felt like my given name and mind you Fonzie is a nickname but it was a nickname given to me by my parents. So I've been called Fonzie since I was a little kid, since I was a baby. Um, and the name for some reason, when spoken by my new, my newer friends, like my queer friends and my occult friends, for some reason, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't match. It didn't feel like they were talking to me. Um, like I, I started to feel really disconnected from the name when like Francisco would start talking to me or if like m my queer friends here would start, to, like my group would talk to me or like the blasphemy people would talk to me. Like it just, I felt like I was really disconnect disconnected from the name. <clears throat> and I started to go through this thing where that I thought was an identity crisis, which maybe it is, maybe it was. Um, identity exploration. Yeah, but at the at the time it felt like a crisis because I was. Yeah. Just, it, I think it's one and the same. Yeah, I think it's kind of synonymous with each other. Like when you're exploring, but also kind of feels like a like a crisis at the same time because you like, don't. Who am I? Because at the at the time I was just like I already figured out who the hell I am. Like why why am I going through this again? Mm -hmm. You know, just like I know who I am. Like what does my name have to do with it? And I realized that my name had a lot to do with it. And the reason why is because my name has been so. Can it, it, like the name my name has been so like just attached with my past and with the the relationships and the life that I'm making now is just so drastically different from what I've had before um like I was going into this year the happiest I've ever been 
you know, it's like, I've never felt this way before. I felt really complete. I feel really safe. And I feel like there's a lot of support around me. But for some reason, I think my, my, my given name is attached to a lot of the parts that I, I healed from. So a lot of the trauma and a lot of the, the, the tears and the heartbreak, my name was associated. A lot of the parts that I hated about myself was attached to that name. I'm also going to go ahead and say that my name is not a dead name. My, my given name is not a dead name. I still go by that name and I will choose to still go by that name by my, my, the friends that I've had for decades. They still call me Fonzie and my family, they still call me Fonzie because that name is associated with that part of my life. Mm. But my given name is not associated with these, with, with that part of my life. Or I'm sorry, my chosen name, Voga, is not associated with that part of my life. And I want to keep it that way because I do feel like it's separate. I do feel like it's different. If my if my if the friends that I've had for decades, my like my writer dies, call me Voga, it wouldn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to me. And I tried it and it doesn't work. Um so um so it's it's interesting because I I was talking to Francisco about the same um the same thing. And Francisco was like, yeah, it's because you're a liminal being. So you get to, you, you get to choose which side of the, of the line you get to, to be on that part. And I was like, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's, what's really, really interesting is when I started, when I opened my mouth and I reached out to Rye, um, Francisco and Flo, um, the trans folk witch on Instagram and Austin, those were the those were the, those were the ones you were first though um yeah, i'm so honored <laughs> it was on the winter solstice which oh even, wow which didn't even fucking occur to me it was actually francisco who was like you know remember tonight was the winter solstice right and i was like i did but i didn't connect the dots you know so i was telling people i was like i don't know why it's happening to me today like why i'm why i want to do this today why i want to talk about this today and francisco was like it's, it's the winter it's the winter fucking solstice it's like the most liminal time of the year and you're talking about liminality and you're talking about you being a liminal being and wanting to identify as two identities of course you get to choose you get to choose what people call you because what you call you has power. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was just like floored. I was like, you literally every, all of my, this is the reason why you talk to your friends <laughs> when you're going mm-hmm. through something like this, because your the perspective is really important. Perspective is so fucking important because when people start feeding me these things, I was just like, yeah, this is the reason why. Um, the name is not a random name. The name is actually a family name. Um, it was a name that belonged to one of my ancestors. I'm not going to go into who and what that name means because that's personal to me. But now I also, um, the reason why I'm, I'm so like attached to my name now is because my name that I go by is ancestral, but also my handle is also ancestral because it's it's named after my great great grandfather. So it's just like a, a big part of me is like your spiritual court is like doing this to you, like they're telling you you need to pay attention. Like they're I think they're feeding me these things. They're feeding me the things that I'm supposed to be doing. This is my transitional period of like finding my new identity. Um, that sounds really, all of what I just said sounds really convoluted, I know, and that could be extremely confusing and it's really difficult to express the feelings that I had and currently having. 
you have to experience what I'm talking about to actually know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the nutshell. I just didn't identify with the name depending on who I was talking to. Like it's very specific to the person I'm talking to. So I decided to provide my new given name or my new um, chosen name to the folks who I want to address me by that name. It's a very interesting thing. It's a very interesting dynamic because sometimes I do feel like I have to switch sometimes. Like when I'm sitting with my family at dinner, like they're addressing me a certain way and I also mm -hmm. act a certain way. It's not something like I'm not code switching or anything, but it's I do act a certain way with the people I've known for a long time. And I do act a certain way with the people that I've known within the last couple of years. It's different. And yeah. it just plays into that liminality where I'm constantly a liminal person. And I get to kind of, I get to kind of tightrope walk depending on how I feel that day. Yeah. And it's it, like you said, it's not code switching, but it's what I learned in school is like our persona, right? It, it's, it's like the mask we wear, but not in a superficial sense. Like for me, I am not the me that I am when I'm at school with my other peers who are therapists in training that I am with my partner or with my family or with you, Voga. Like, do I take the skills I learn in school and incorporate that into my interpersonal relationships? Yes, but mm -hmm. I am not the same being that I am in that classroom setting with my peers or even just when I'm out in a different setting with those same peers when I am with just you and other queer witch friends or when I'm with my partner or when I'm with my family. So again, it's not this code switching. It's just, it's the way we're expressing kind of how we, we choose how we want to express our gender through our chosen names and the way we embody ourselves around certain individuals and groups of people is how we express ourselves, our being. We as beings, as souls, as spirits are multifaceted and those facets show up in different ways throughout different relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would also like to, um, I think, provide a little bit of advice or just give a little bit of advice for folks who might be have friends or loved ones who might be experiencing the things that Ryan are experiencing. These things could change day by day. So if you're not sure, it's very okay to ask, what would you like to be called today? Or who, who you know, what, 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 is, what is the name that you're identifying with today? Um, what are the pronouns you would like to identify today? If that's something that, you know, you, you've talked about before, it's really important as being allies to your queer friends is mm -hmm. to see how they walk, how they're walking the earth that day. It's really affirming to them to be seen that way, to know that things shift all the time and to be seen that way and to be affirmed that way is something that um, needs to be talked about more. It needs to be, um, it needs to be uh, treated. I think it also should be treated as normal, you know, as a normal thing. That's not, nothing that should be like, like, um, like the like the center of conversation. It should be talked about and it should be addressed. But also at the same time, it should just be seen as like a default, right? Like how like being straight is a default, right? It should just be treated as if it's normal life. It's like okay, so Voga's going by she today right? Great. So that's what we're going to go by. Mm -hmm. um, even though that I don't, I, I literally, I really, as of right now at this moment, which is January 11th, 2022, uh, 2023, actually. 804 um, PM. 804 PM. Um, I don't care. You can, if you address me as Voga and then all three of my preferred pronouns in the same sentence, you can you can literally ask me to marry you, and I'll probably say yes because I think that's so that's so hot. Like, <laughs> God, that's so hot. I love that. Um, but yeah, 
the 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 way someone identifies and the way uh, the someone wants to be addressed is ever shifting, and it's really important for your your people, the people that you have around you, to understand that it's important for them to also shift with you. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just want to add on to that by asking, like you mentioned, by being an ally or just being a great queer friend and, and asking what pronouns you'd like to use today or what name you'd like to go by today. It takes the onus off that other person to feel mm-hmm. like not everyone has the confidence. Like I don't like I don't always have the confidence to bring up, oh, hey, just to let you know, I'm going by these pronouns today or I'm choosing this name today. Like if someone asked me, it relieves such a heavy weight off my shoulders and gives me the gateway to access and then tell them what I'd like versus me just being passive because one thing I struggle with is fear of conflict. And so for me, I would love to be asked that question of what pronouns or name I'm using because then I'll gladly disclose that. Otherwise, I'm kind of just going to go with the flow, even if it's at my own discomfort. So I just want to say like asking people, is, is whether as an ally or just as a friend, is fantastic. Yeah, I think that's fantastic too. But also at the same time, when we turn it on its head, well, I want to also address the queer folks who are experiencing this. I think it's also important for us to also address that anxiety that we have about uh, confronting those issues that make us feel uncomfortable, because the more that we actually kind of talk about it and the more we address those issues, the more comfortable we get. So, because I'm also like one of those people who, who believes that I'm not responsible for someone else's discomfort. You know what I mean? I, I feel like if I'm uncomfortable, I'm responsible for making myself not feel uncomfortable anymore. Mm. Um, unless someone is actually project- projecting and actually going out of their way to make me feel uncomfortable, that's different. Um, but like when I'm, if I'm just in a normal situation where, you know, you know, if you're, if you're, if the people around you are kind of unaware of what's happening, like, you know, try to work on, you know, putting that, putting that information out there so that people are aware. And if people go out of the way to ignore it, then, then we have a problem, right? <laughs> because now right. that they're aware, um, like, what are you doing? I told you, I told you what, what, what made me feel uncomfortable. Now you're actually going out of your way to make me feel uncomfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of goes both ways at the same time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think where, where um, the privilege stands is with our allies. They need to understand where we stand <laughs> because we're the always, we're always the ones who have to keep quiet. So right. um, I think it's important for the folks that we have around us to know what is important to us and to address us that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And to ask those important questions, because even those questions are really affirming to us, you know, just like it makes you it makes us aware that you're paying attention and that you're being considerate, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How would you feel about segueing into kind of like the magical purposes and power within a name? Let's do it. I think that's a really important conversation. The first thing that came to mind for me, and I'm not a theologian, I'm not a historian, I'm only going to speak to the extent of the knowledge that I do have, is, uh, for example, in Catholicism, uh, a folk tradition, because I I only recently learned it's a folk tradition, I thought it was actually like institutional, but uh, a very, very widespread common folk tradition is when you are confirmed Catholic, you choose Mm -hmm. a confirmation name, uh, generally that of a saint. And my church, I was so young, I don't remember, and I don't feel like they gave me really a choice. Like, I think they just looked at the saints that were related to the day that I was born, like those feast days of saints and chose one for me. Cause I don't remember choosing mine, but um, like, for example, my confirmation saint name is uh, Apollo. I think it's Apollinaris or something like that. And I don't really resonate with that saint. I, d- I did my research. I looked into them and I didn't really feel any connection there. And I feel like it's because I didn't really have enough education. I wasn't old enough to really know 
what that meant to choose a confirmation saint. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, since we're a full Catholic podcast, I wanted to point out that full Catholic tradition that's very widespread and common um, yeah. and usually just seen as Catholicism is choosing a confirmation saint name. And when you choose that confirmation saint, they're kind of kind of seen as like your patron saint and kind of the one that like you turn to uh, in a sense. Uh, you can have other patron saints, of course, but generally you have like one main patron saint. Um but, uh, but yeah, I think for me, they just looked at saints related to the feast day of my birthday and just ran with it. Um, but do, do you have, because I know you, you weren't raised Catholic, but do you have uh, the Protestants where you were raised, did, did they have like kind of saint names like that in any aspect? No, um, because they don't, they do not recognize the saints. In, right. In, yeah, they don't recognize the saints. They don't, they, I mean, they understand that saints exist, but, or probably even not. Um, but no, they do not recognize the saints in a Protestant house. It is, it is a Jesus centered house. Um, everything is Jesus, Jesus, this, Jesus, that, or God. Um, so no saint, saint, um, you know, um, confirmation names, all of the, like, I, I mean, we're baptized, but we don't do, go through confirmation. We don't go through communion. We don't go through any of that stuff. So like, if you, I don't know if you folks have ever walked into a, like a like a christian service with a pastor and everything it's someone preaching and everyone just standing in the pew in the just praying and like speaking in tongues and it's a lot of that stuff um but no we we never really um had things like that that was never really a part of my life i wish it was because that sounds so cunt um <laughs> i i would i would have i would have been like going into like the research and actually finding like a saint that I would actually want to call myself would be so much fun. Um, because I've always thought like, okay, so when I was growing up, Oh, when I, when I was in my, when I was in college, I had a drag mother and my drag mother's name was St. Peter DeVille. And I thought that was so fucking cool because th- her name was Peter, like in real life. So she called her Satan, her, uh, her, her drag persona was St. Peter DeVille. And I thought that was just so also, I thought that was also a really powerful name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we never had to really have, we never really dealt with it or we never, we were never exposed to anything like that. We weren't exposed to any sort of like traditional practices or, or things like that. I wish I was. Um, but in regards to like taking names, like a whole bunch of like Protestant Christians are, are named after a lot of, like, there's like a lot of Isaiah's in Filipino culture. <laughs> there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, um like i think my dad's middle name is augustine um yeah um or august josephs yeah a lot of josephs um my mother's well my mother is is um is catholic and her her um her confirmation name i think is marie which a lot of women are <laughs> like how many filipino women do you know their middle name is marie everyone um <laughs> or <yeah>. grace or <laughs> right um but also in like in in the whole aspect of like just folklore and like you know catholic or christian folklore is like the idea that adam was given the 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 job of naming everything right of naming when when uh things were being made they were like i want you to name everything that's a cow that's a dog that's a that's a whatever right that's a tree that's a whatever so putting name there was this actually this interesting when i when i started talking to my friends about 
um, my chosen name, Austin posted a really fantastic post on Instagram. Um, the caption was beautiful. Um, and they brought up the, the, uh, the quote from Romeo and Juliet. What is, what's in a name, right? What's in a name. And that, that stanza or is that what is what it's called in poetry that that part in 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 the in the poem is talking about how regardless of whatever something is called it's the same thing like it it is what it is um regardless of what it's called right so i think they were talking about in that stanza it's like what is what's in a name in a rose a rose would smell just as sweet or something like that right so mm-hmm. if if a rose was called if a rose was called a cup it would still smell like a rose right it would like there there's no there's no value or there's no weight in the name so we turn that around in regards to how we practice how we see things and how the something being called something has its power it has it has um it's uh it's meaning like its meaning is attached to its name and its name is attached to its meaning which is a very strange abstract thing to think about but like in my head it makes sense um like you know when you see someone on the street and like they say that my name is john and they'd be like yeah you look like a john like mm-hmm. you your your face is a john right um, like their, their name matches their face, a rose matches a rose and a, like, um, I don't know, a cup matches a cup. And it's interesting too, because like, when you think of like what things are called in different languages, like a basso is a basso, right. Or plato is a plato or, you know, or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to think about it that way. How, if you change the name, the meaning does change. Like the, the whole thing about like, you can call wherever you want, but it is going to be the same as like, no, it's not. If you're going to call a a rose a cup, then the cup is a cup now, right? If you're going to call me Fonzie because you forgot what my name was, you're referring to me as Fonzie. And if you call Ryan, Ryan, because you decided to call them Ryan, they're Ryan. That's why it's, it needs to shift. You claim that power. And it's kind of the same thing about like, okay, so you, you get us as us, as spiritual practitioners, we get to assign things. We get to give things its power. We get to, we get to claim the power that we get to, cl- we get to, that is the power that we have as spiritual, as witches, as whatever you identify as, right? We claim that power. We claim that magic. And the name is important because mm-hmm. it is, it is what it is. It is what it is. And it is what that spirit calls itself. That mm-hmm. spirit calls mm-hmm. that, that spirit of the rose calls itself a rose, right? Right. I mean, even think of it in the terms of like signatures, right? Signatures are in a sense your own personal sigil because almost everyone's signature is unique to themselves or like the image that was just coming to my mind is like the folklore of when you're signing your name in the black book of the devil to become a witch or to make a contract or sell your soul the thing that holds that power is when you're selling at least as i understand it is when you're signing your name in that book and you're, it's your name that you're giving them mm-hmm. um so just the the power the the weight that one's name holds because that's a part of yourself whether that's the chosen name that you're going by or the name that you were given at birth uh either way it's it's powerful and it, I, i'm curious what you think of this voga like 
when we work with petition papers, for example, I don't, I don't know if you often use them as a, uh, to create a tag lock for a person, but uh, like, would you say that the given name of a person would be preferable to use for a petition paper versus a chosen name? Do you think it's equal or that one's less powerful than the other or that it just won't work at all if it's not the correct name? Like, what, what's your take on that? I'm curious. <laughs> it depends on who it is. Um... <laughs> oh, this might be getting, this might get me in trouble. Um, if I know the if I know the given name, and I want to fuck them up, I would probably use the given name. I've never really thought about that. Like, I've never given like... it. I've never given it too much thought either. I just I thought of it now, and I wanted to hear your thoughts first before I try to come up with my own. I think the most disrespectful thing that you can ever do to somebody is to call someone by their dead name. Mm-hmm. So if someone fucks me over. If someone fucks me over, I think I would use their dead name. Is that is that toxic? I don't know. I mean, because like in the term of like energy, right? Like the given name is the name that you were given at birth that you yeah. had no choice. So it's kind of like the assigned name, whereas your chosen name is like, again, your chosen name. So I'm trying to consider like, do they I hold take... equal weight or, no, or is the no. given name the necessary one to use when it comes to magic? No, 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 no. I take it back. I don't think so. I don't think they ha they hold extra weight. I think when a when a name dies, it dies. It's mm. dead because that doesn't belong to me. That belongs to whoever that name belonged to. So if that person if that person said, let's say John, okay? John changed their has has chosen a name and their name is now Jack, okay? And they they have claimed they have claimed spiritually and physically that that name is dead. That name mm -hmm. is dead. It's not up to me to decide whether that name is still valid or not. Yeah. So regardless of whether I like them or not, even though I would, I would want to disrespect them in the most disgusting way and call them by their given name, their dead name, it's not going to hold any value. It's not going to hold. It's not going to hold up. Actually, it's not going to hold any value at all because I don't think the spirits even recognize that name anymore. Interesting. That's just my personal that my my personal opinion. I don't think it holds because that person like who are you attaching it to that name does not is not attached to me anymore. Right, right. I would love to ask like Austin or some like someone in general if there's any folklore mythology to back that up uh, to give us like credence of like what we're sharing our own opinions on because I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm just I was just curious what you thought because I, I guess if I was consulting with spirits or if I was doing um divination or magic of sorts like if i knew both names i think i would incorporate both i'd be like oh this person given the name this by if you know their parents names then their parents and then that goes by and then they're given their chosen name um just yeah. so it's like covering all bases you know i always like to play it safe and sorry um but uh, yeah I, i'm just curious about that because I, I truly don't know i was just yeah. I was curious what you thought. I, I do think there's a little bit of like it depends. It depends on what I'm doing. It depends on who the person is. It depends if you have a if you have a personal concern or a tag lock, I think at the end of the day it doesn't matter. But I, I guess in the context yeah. that I'm asking is if we only have their name to work with to create like a petition paper or something. Like for example, um, with that dead right that death right I was telling you about for the for the folks that um that that uh, were murdered in the in the shooting. In um in the nightclub, you remember? So a lot of those folks have chosen names. I would never even think about ever even considering using their given names if they have a chosen name. 
um, or their dead names. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it really depends. It really, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I've never really considered it because like, I think if I was actually even doing the working and I didn't like the person and I know they're, they, they have a chosen name, I would just probably automatically use their chosen name. Right. If I knew their given name, like it's just like in my head, like I wouldn't want to. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think what you're asking is whether it matters. And I don't know. I don't know if it matters. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know if it matters which one is more powerful and which one is more, I don't know, depending on what the working is doing. If you're doing like some sort of curse work or some sort of curse, right? Does their given name like being as disrespectful and vile as possible is um, using their, their, their dead name? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, maybe that is something that you should you could consider you you should consider in regards to doing that work. Um, I mean, referring to them like just in general, like just in, to people, just for the sake of being disrespectful. I think we're better than that. Um, but like, I'm but what you, what you're saying, like what you do at the privacy of your own altar is different, <laughs> right? Um, you know what I mean. But I don't know. That's interesting. That's that's food for thought. I think that's I think that requires more perspective. Um, I think it's um, maybe we need uh, another witch's perspective in regards to what name is um, which name would be more effective. Which which name mm-hmm. is more efficacious? Like yeah. what does efficacious really mean, right? In, in regards to using names, because sometimes I only have the first name, right? What if I don't know the last name? Sometimes I there are a whole bunch of people that I know here online that I don't know their last name. Mm-hmm. You know, so and which is good because it's, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. I hope uh, everyone online doesn't know what my last name is. Um, and I've done that on purpose. Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I never really thought about, about yeah. that. Are there any other aspects of in terms of magic or spirituality that you want to cover when it comes to names? Um, generally speaking, I think um, what I wanted to get across here is how how just the act of changing your name is immensely queer and how queer queerness is just immensely i mean how witchcraft is just inherently inherently queer um so if you don't even if you're not queer but you you want to identify by something else something that's more powerful than your given name then fuck fucking do it like just do it you can call yourself whatever the fuck you want do whatever you want um uh, but you'll also kind of realize, I just realized that this has been in the video the entire time. And that really bothers me. What was that? <laughs> it was my, it's my like light that like, it's like my desk light. And now oh. it's just been dangling there the entire time. And it just bothers me than knowing that it was there the whole time. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> ADHD just got the better of me. Um, but yeah, I think names are really important. I think names are extremely powerful and I think you should be called whatever the fuck you want to be called. Um, I'm definitely an advocate for that now, especially when you just don't identify it. You just don't identify by it anymore. I mean, your name is so important. It's what people call you and it's what people, you know, it's what people refer to you as, you know, it's like, oh yeah, so Voga did this this day. Like, don't you want it to be referred? Don't you want to be referred to as something that you actually want to be referred to as? Right. You know, and it doesn't have to, what if like you, you have no one to call you that name? You can call yourself that name. You can do it in the privacy of your own home. If you're not, if you're not in a place that it's safe to, call yourself something else or refer to your, you know, refer to yourself as something, just call it, just say it to yourself, call yourself that name. Because if you say it is your name, it is your name. Mm. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to talk about in regards to spirituality, 
um, how powerful names actually are, let's talk about demons. Because like when someone's going through some sort of exorcism, what's something that the demon holds to itself to not give give the exorcist its power? Right. Its, its name. name. Right. The power of a name is so important because it gives people power. It really, truly does. And once someone knows a demon's name, they'll know how to exorcise that demon. Um, and we ain't I'm, talking Jane Fonda, baby. Jane Fonda. Exercise. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's so funny? The first thing that popped into my head was Mickey Avalon. Did you? Did you? Do you know who Mickey Avalon is? No. I'm asking the wrong person. God damn it! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna send you a link. Mickey Avalon is like this really gross rapper from like the early 2000s who came out came out with a song called Jane Fonda. It was something. It had a chokehold on me in high school. Anyways, like that was like the first thing that popped in my head for some reason. I was like, "What are you talking? Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like the power the power of a name is very very important. Spiritually, it's very important. So, like even with me when when I when I'm petitioning Anthony um, to find something for me, you know that little chant that's like Tony Tony, look around. You know? Yeah, I was like, I like the idea of calling him Tony. I think it's cute. But as much as I possibly can, I call him Anthony because that is his. I don't know if he was actually called Anthony in his real life. Maybe was Tony like a common nickname back then? Like in the in the monastery, <laughs> like dude, were monks just calling each other? Hey like, yo, Tony. Hey, what's up, Tony? You know what I mean? Like, is that like a thing? I was like, I didn't want to like start harping on like um, Italian stereotypes, but like I watch a lot of Jersey Shore, you guys, so I know the 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 the, the Italian stereotypes. But you know what I mean? Like, so I try to address <laughs> like uh, you know addressing Michael as Mike. Like, I think is like, kind of like, mm. I think that's also, that's one of the reasons why he doesn't like me very much is because I don't, I don't have the, I was like, Mike, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, talk to him like he's a friend of mine when he's right. Um, so it's kind of the thing. I think, but Tony, I think, I think Anthony has kind of like more of a casual kind of like friendly vibe to him. So I think he also kind of is okay with it. But anyways, he's come through me. He's come through for me a lot. So I guess he kind of, he's, he's okay with it. <laughs> um, but anyways, and is there anything else you want to talk about in regards to? names um just like a just a quirky little thing have you seen the the animated film studio uh, not studio ghibli hello uh spirited away of course that is studio ghibli isn't it it is i was called i thought the movie i was about to say the movie is called studio ghibli instead of oh. the studio ghibli movie spirited away um, um, um I just can't yes stop, i have i just can't stop thinking about how the witch like like god i'm forgetting all the characters names but like the main character like how she was under her control because she took her name like the witch like took oh yeah his name or and like how to for... yeah oh my name. god or like how like haku like couldn't be free until they helped haku remember his name so he stopped he went from being like a, a, a boy back right. into a dragon or vice versa whatever or when um, he was like talking see he was the spirit of the river right? yes like he was the spirit of the river and that's how he remembered he was the spirit of the river yeah. oh my god yeah oh what a great reference you're right that's exactly right and you're right the the, I forgot her name too. The main character, um, she started to forget her name because her name wasn't being used, right? Because they couldn't, she didn't want to be, they told her not to be referred to her name because if you, if she, if the witch knew her name, she could take, she can use that against her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really, first of all, can we just talk about that movie is fucking Fantastic. incredible. I think that was In, my first Studio Julie movie. It was mine too. And it is 
a masterpiece. It masterpiece. is a work of art from the minute you start watching it all the way to the end. It is an, if no one has watched that movie, if there's one Studio Ghibli movie that you should see, it's that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible. I think it is actually like the masterpiece of master when it comes to that animated, uh, to like any, any sort of animation movie. I think it's the mass, like the, the, the oh, pedestal. Yeah. That and Princess Mononoke are like my top two Studio Ghibli films for sure. Oh, it's, oh, you would love it. It's fantastic. I remember that I saw um, Kiki when I was younger, like when I was like a child or like a teenager. I never got, I never finished it. I actually really couldn't get into it. I I need to sit down and try again. Kiki and then um, Totoro, I never seen. Oh God. Oh, how could I forget Totoro? That's top three. Yeah. Totoro, Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. But Howl's Moving Castle is up there too. Oh, Howl's Moving. Oh yeah. Um, have you ever seen Fern? Okay, now we're going to something else. Um, maybe we should uh, save this for the post show. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that was a great point. That was that was a really cool, um, cool. I didn't even think about that. That's wonderful. I'm pretty sure there are a whole bunch of other references that we can, in regards to someone's name, like names are important. Um, but yeah, cool. Anything else, Rye? Not at the moment, but that's the way my brain works. I'll say I'm not thinking of anything, and then when I'm lying awake randomly at 3 a.m., I'm going to think of all these topics I could have brought up in this episode. I know. It happens all the time. But like I said, we it, it feeds into our next into another episode, I'm sure. So um, we, can, we can always bring it up later. Yeah. Um, well, welcome back, Rye. I'm so happy to be back back and recording with your with your silly goofy little face. I always tell I always tell people I was like, look, 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 Ryan's gonna smile. And it's gonna be the goofiest smile ever because <laughs> you smile with your entire face. Like your <laughs> smile is. I feel like I look like that emoji where it's like if you were just to put like a colon and then like the letter D. Like I feel like that's how I look <laughs> when I smile. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you, you your yeah. entire face smiles when you smile I, it's not a bad thing i'm just saying it's goofy i got, it's I got a big mouth and it works many ways that's right but that's but right. thank you thank you voga it feels good to be back here with you kevin's a very lucky man um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so right before we go, a little a, a couple of workshop stuff. Um, I know our folks and our patron, our very patient patrons, um, have noticed some changes in regards to our benefits. There are things that we shifted because, well, we learned a lot from last year. We couldn't do it all. We tried to do it all and Whew. couldn't do it all, and boy, did we not deliver. Um, and I am so happy that we still have fucking patrons who are just right. Like, they're still cool. They, I'll still support them. I'll still give them money. Hey, we'll <laughs> take the pocket change, y'all. It still supports. The, po- the, the No, but the pocket change also paid for... It's not pocket change at all because that the money that y'all sent us to support the podcast paid for the commission that is our new logo. Um, and I also want to shout out my friend and sister in Christ. Not in Christ. Oh, she would kill me. <laughs> my... <laughs> My friend Adrian, who is an incredible artist here in Los Angeles, who we commissioned for the logo, um, the, our new logo that you're looking at right now. Um, their <laughs> their handle is the Witches and Devils Coven or the Witches and Devils on Instagram. Adrian is 
a Satan Satanist. And I just thought it would be just so incredible to have um, a Satanist commission our logo. I just thought that was so cunt. I just needed to, to toss that out there because Adrian is an incredible artist. And I was so happy to, to um, ask them to commission that, that artwork for us and our patrons helped pay for that logo. And I'm so, so thankful that we were able to get that done. Um, but yeah, um, Rye, do you want to go ahead and tell folks what the changes are with our um, our Patreon tiers? Yeah, I won't go ahead and talk about the things that we've taken off, but the new things that we now offer are blog posts. So you can keep an eye out for blog posts done by either myself or by Voga or collab together. Uh, and these are going to range from posts on theology, history, uh, magic, spirituality, the occult our own opinions on certain discourse, so on and so forth. So really kind of just like our own free flow posts on kind of whatever um, is both in line with the podcast, but also coming from like our own hearts at the moment. And the highest tier Seraphim, which is $20 a month, will get uh, as part of that tier, whenever Voga makes art, will automatically get that art shipped out to them as part of that tier. Whereas uh, the other two tiers, or I'm sorry, just the, the other tier right below that, which is Cherubim, which is $10 a month, um, will get VIP pre-sale access to Voga's art. So before it's ever released to the general public for purchase, uh, Cherubim tier members will be able to have first dibs on it because any art Voga creates is going to be limited edition. And yeah. I have both of their artworks that I have received from them on my Marian mantle, and I can tell you, or alter, I mean, um, are stunning and beautiful. So if they're limited edition, you're going to want to get your hands on them while you can. And uh, if you're a Cherubim tier, you'll get them uh, early access to them. And if you're a Seraphim tier, you are guaranteed whatever print that Voga releases for that time. And the Seraphim tier will also get monthly tarot readings from me. And mind you, it's only $20 a month. So it's cheaper than if you were to book a whole one-on-one -on -one session with me. So you'll Definitely. get one question to ask. Um, each month that I will then deliver to you via a tarot reading. And so not only are you getting amazing artwork by Voga, but also one monthly question to ask me for a reading um, for a $20 value, which is a complete steal for the time and effort and energy that Voga and I put into our crafts, whether that's art or divination. Um, and what else? Oh, and then Cherubim and Seraphim Tears both get bonus episodes that are Patreon exclusive. So what you're hearing right now once this cuts out, there's actually going to be a little bit of a Kiki and Q&A after the episodes are done with the public that Vogue and I will be releasing as Patreon exclusive bonus episodes. So if you love what you hear on the red text and you want to hear more and you want to hear our thoughts on any questions that are posed to us, whether that's practitioner and occult related or just questions to us as individual people, um, you will get to participate and listen to that if you are in either the Cherubim or Seraphim tiers on our Patreon. Am I forgetting anything? No, I think that's everything. Um, I just wanted to explain as to why we had to change a lot of things. Okay, just to let you guys know, we had to make it more doable for us. And I am so sorry that things are changing, but things change all the time, like our names. So um, thank you. And I'm sorry, but also we're, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't know how to address this, but yes, I'm very excited for the, for the, for the bonus episodes that we're going to produce. Cause it's literally just another 30 minutes that Ryan and I get to talk to each other, which is like our favorite thing to do ever. So um, if y'all want to get that, it's, it's literally going to be like a, 
topic, you know, I don't know, we, we could have a topic, but it doesn't necessarily have to be magical. It's just going to be extra content for y'all to just, just look at this stunning face. I work really hard on this face. So like, look at this face. Oh, she does. Y'all should have seen her vanity in her hotel room in San Francisco. I was sure. <laughs> I was just, okay, listen, that, listen, the vanity was a bonus because I didn't even know there was a vanity in that hotel room because the sink would have looked exactly like that. It would have, it would have been the same thing. I do. I, I do. I, I do what I do. To look like this and i look stunning so you're welcome <laughs> but anyways well thank y'all for joining us for our second episode of the second season of the red text i'm your co-host rye you can find me on instagram at the mestizo mystic or just on twitter at mestizo mystic and my name is voga and i am voga Illumicente on instagram and thank you for joining us for another unholy communion bye <laughs> <laughs>